the the Torah tells us that Moshe and Aaron. Moshe and Aaron came to B'nai Yisrael and they told them, this is in last week's parsha, that and um, the Pesach says So initially, state in the Pesach that everybody was minded, they believed they is Taka true? But there was a Gavaldic his Iris of Emuna by Klal Yisrael. The Pesach says, Achar bo paro So, through the Koyach of the Emuna of Klal Yisrael, the Achar, after Klal Yisrael had exhibited Emuna, then, with that Koyach, Moshe and I were able to go to, to, to Paro. So they come to Paro, and the result is, that Paro says, I'm not giving them any more Tevin. So now in Parshas of Eira, so they come back to Klal Yisrael, and um, Moshe says, Hashem's going to take out and try him. All of a sudden, So, to understand what's going on over here. In last week's Pasha, they believed. All of a sudden now, they didn't believe. So, Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he says, Hey, B'nai Yisrael, HaShomav, Eichish, Meini Parvani, Aratz Fosayim. And Rashi says there's one of the ten Kalvachoymas in the Torah, so it's got to be a good Kalvachoyma. So, what's Moshe's Kalvachoyma? Loch Oira, you have a Pircha in the Kalvachoyma. That Chalal Yisrael didn't listen to Yekaitzer Ruch Mevoidakosha. Paro, on the other hand, where's his Avoidakosha? Uh, where's his Kaitzer Ruch, right? So, there's various Terutsin for this Kasha, but Pashtas, you have to understand <coughs> what's the Pshat that they didn't listen to Moshe Mikaitzer Ruch Mevoidakosha. So, the Sipurnoi says, when the first says originally this Nakuda, he says, They didn't have the, the Koyach to even think about what was going on. They were so, and Paro gave them this Tzivoy, he got them to work so hard, they couldn't even think. They just were so overwhelmed with the Tzoru that even though they were Maminim, but nevertheless, they, they, they couldn't couldn't they couldn't take what they knew in their mind and internalize it because of Kaitzeruah, because they didn't have the ability to explain about what was really happening. So Moshe says to Moshe Moshe says to Akadish Borchu, listen, if Klaal Yisrael that I'm Bala but because of the fact that they're so tumult with everything, they can't even be misboining. Yishtel Zechaparo, if I'm going to go to him and tell him that you're going to lose all your avodim and we're going to leave, Avadagavist, he's not going to be misboining. He doesn't have the amuna, at least intellectually yet, that he's going to be misboining about what I'm telling him. So that was L'chayra, his, his kal L'chaymer. But the, the Yisrael Advarim is that... Um, 
according to, to, to this Mahalach, they had a moon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they didn't, they didn't allow it to internalize and affect the Lamaisa. And that's, you know, it's always a problem that we have, that on one hand with Bala Yamuna, at the same time when it comes to translating the Yamuna into reality, it becomes very difficult. Now, this, this other Mahalach, the label Yohu, on the other hand, he brings down that what does it mean, so he says that um, in Mechilta, Behudim and Meseir Oimer, Hare Oimer v'loi shom al-moish m'koytzer ruach. Right? So, v'chiyesh l'odm shu m'spasad v'soy v'toy v'nesomeach, rabba m'sil l'ches v'nesomeach, m'kei l'omenem v'loi shom al-moish. O shohoi y'koshe b'neem l'ifresh m'yavoy d'zor. He says the pshat was they couldn't be poorish from Avodah That was in Mitzrayim. They were Avodah Avodah and so the pshat was they were so arangaton in the Avodah that yes, I believe in God, but Lamaisa, Lachal Lamaisa, I want to be Avodah Avodah Right. So you know, to a certain extent, the problem is say that they can't be misbeining. And the same thing is true if you're if you're a rangatan avodah I know this is a rabbinisher, but the avodah is gishmak, and whatever the, whatever it meant those days, you know. Today we have other types and things that you do, and uh, very hard to get rid of them. And you might know that it's wrong, but the ma'aser push comes to shove. <laughs> it's very hard to change. Work, work itself can create, you know, Absolutely. Because we all are absorbed in our own work. Yeah. 100%. But, um, it takes on a life of itself. What? It takes on a life of itself. That there are several reasons why we have this problem. And this is a, Yagel, I think, says that there's, first of all, there's the tear that we have, right? This is people are tired. Now, whether you're tired with work, whether you're tired with your children, whether you're tired with, you know, paying your bills, whether you're tired with, you know, uh, my son just called me, he's got a flood in his basement. So on top of everything else, he's got to worry about a flood in his basement. You know, So everybody's got something to be tolerant with. You know? Sometimes it's all of the above. It's all of the above, right. You know, so you got your... your, your and, and just one thing on top of the other. So, you know, the, the tirda is is so pervasive that it takes away a chance to be misbeining what you're doing, right? So... So that's the, that the Mesil Sishon brings this down in, in the very beginning of Zahirus. He says that that was the eighth of Paro. So he says that's the eighth of the eighth of Hora. They let people get so fine with everything in their life, they don't have the time and the patience to tract about what's really important and what, what their goal is. It's sort of like totally forget what it's all about. You get so involved in what you're doing, you lose your ability to, to focus. You know, uh, sometimes I think to myself as you get older that, you know, the time will come, we'll go up to the Shemayim 
and you'll say to yourself, if I can only have one more day, you know, one more chance, I wouldn't blow it. I would bench like I'm supposed to. I would dive like I'm supposed to. I would learn like I'm supposed to. But somehow or other, there's a koyach. The, the Rebbeisham created this phenomenal challenge in this world that you really have to push yourself to be oimid and to be miskaber. That's the, that's the name of the game. It's a, it's a tremendous challenge that we have. And you have to be mamish uh, miskaber over yourself. Uh, that's one nakuda. There's the tear that the constant tear that the people have. And so uh, it's a challenge, but that's what Hashem put us here for. The second nakuda that he says is that you become rugged to certain things, and it's very hard to change. You become a, very accustomed to a certain lifestyle, a certain pattern, and breaking it is a very difficult thing. Making changes. In a routine, is very difficult, and we just get so arrived in our habits that we don't have the ability to change. He says Chaim Shmulevitz talks about this, say, by the mitzvah of tshuva. It says in the pasuk that that loyba shemaimi ki korav adecha elachadavu loyba picha uvavcha asoisay. The Torah is telling you, Teshuvah is a very, according to those who learn, it's a mitzvah of Teshuvah. It's not so, it's not B'Shemayim. It's B'Pichah B'Vav Cholasoisim. So he says, what's the problem? What's so hard? He says, because there's such a regilus, you get so caught up in it, it it's very hard to change. See, Shtel Tzu, the Maisa with when Yaakov Avinu was being buried, and Esav came to Moros and Machpelah. And they're arguing with Esav back and forth, back and forth. He bought the he bought the the, the order from you. He didn't buy it from you. And Esav says he didn't buy it. And the brothers are saying yes, he did. They finally send Naftali back to Betrayim to get the star. In the meantime, Chushim and Don sees that this guy is uh, getting the way the funeral, so he chops off his head. <coughs> so Chaim, why did he wake up and chop off his head? Because he was deaf, so he didn't get used to the whole. He never got comfortable with it. All he sees is Zayd is lying there busy on his neck. He kills the guy. Right? Everybody else was very, you know, as I hear this, you get comfortable with Matzavim. People get comfortable with the worst Matzavim. Let's see, it's a Koyach that people have. It can be used positively, it can be used negatively, but that's the Yisoyed. We get so used to things. I remember when I was in Denver, there was a year of Ron Brownstein. He's now, uh, he runs. Uh, it used to be called Basiaka Muscle to Ferris you know. So um so he was a fundraiser for Basiakum in Denver for many years, very successful fundraiser. So his son was in a plane accident. He had a son Shruli, he was in this United flight that crash landed in uh Sioux City. Sioux City. Right? And uh, like half the people in the plane were killed. His son was saved by Mamish by a mace. And right before landing, the, the, the flight attendant made him switch seats with the guy next to him. And the guy next to him was killed, and he was saved. And also some firemen came on the plane and pulled him out. So it was Mace Mamish and Nisan how he was saved. And um, so uh, a week or two later, Avram Browson comes to me and says, Mordechai, now I understand. It always bothered me. How did Cloud and Israel right after Kriyas Yamsov kvetch about water, right? How did they make the eagle right after Maimut Hasima? I saw a mace with my son and I'm the same person I was. 
Right? He said, what's the shot? We're human beings, you know. Today it's a miracle, today I'm on a high. Tomorrow, you know, that's the way it is, right? You know, it's, they say over at Eliola Novi, did this whole showdown on Harakarmel, and he got rid of the Oizde uh, Habal. So he gets a message from from Izevel, um, Achav's wife. Tomorrow I'm going to kill you. So Rishaz, why did she say tomorrow I'm going to kill you? Why didn't she kill him today? There's a Shimu today, and Leo, you're the quarterback who threw the winning touchdown. Today we, today we don't mess with you. Tomorrow, it's finished. Tomorrow everyone forgets about it. Right? Everyone's back to normal tomorrow. I'll get, kill you tomorrow. So Yonavi said, you know something, she's right. And he, that's when he ran away. And Hashem said, you know, he says, I quit. He said, you don't have to quit, you're fired. I'm taking you upstairs. And so that was the, but I'll call upon him. That's what happens. We get into these Hergelim, and um, that's the Yisoyed Advarim. And so that's the second problem. It's Regilus is what destroys our ability to, to manage, raise ourselves up uh, and, and, and fight. Now, now I think that maybe if it had to have an Eitzah, <clears throat> you have this problem with Yatirdas and with the Regilus. So when are you going to make time to really think and make changes? So I'm just thinking, it could be, an Eitzah would be that when you're davening, you're ready there in Shul, you're ready davening, so take an extra two minutes in Shemun Esrei and do a little thinking then, right? You're already standing there, right? Now, if that's the time that you think about all the things you don't have time to think about the rest of the day, then ain't a chanami. I don't want to, you know, intrude in your private time. But Lamaisa, if you're already standing Shemun Esrei, you're giving up the time, you're stuck, right? So, you know, before you say yes to Shalom, wait two minutes, and and make a shtickle chesbin on that fish. I, I have a time during the week that I set aside for thinking. Yeah. And it's actually on my schedule. Really? Because if I don't do that, you'll never think. It's too easy to get wrapped up in the day. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm comfortable saying this to anybody on this table. I know you do enough to say this. I don't believe anybody here has free time. I don't believe anybody here has gaps in their schedule where they have nothing. I think most of us have a list of things that we do, either write it down or mentally. And when we go to sleep, we don't have a sense of, I did everything that I was supposed to do today. Most people go to sleep feeling, I missed this or I didn't do that. We, over, we overbook our day. We assume that we have 100% proficiency. And... I think all of us have crazy large agendas of what we uptight just What you're talking about really speaks to me because I feel tears us every day. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And, uh, I, I don't have a mahala. I mean, maybe you'll have a punchline at the end of what you're saying, but I don't have a mahala on how to break that. I think we're all so busy that it does get in the way. I, I, I power was smart. I mean, he got it. <laughs> so it was Monsieur serves eight. So. Right. I, I don't think we're doing, we're not, you know, building bricks of nothing. I, mean, I think most of the time we're doing things that are value. But I, I, 
I think the, the hardest moments are when we decide what we're going to do in our day that fills our day. You know, that's, that's what you're doing in the think time. Mm-hmm. The think time is like, okay, what, what am I supposed to be doing that gives me this overfilled day? But I don't think my think time makes my day more flexible or gives me more free time. But what I think what you're saying is that you have to design your day in a way that you have your shlita over that, that your, your thought process has dominion over your activity. Yes. How long do you have per week? I, I usually, on my way home, you have to have a bit in. It's in my schedule on Shabbos. When I go to Shul on Shabbos, I will cross the street not to see somebody and talk to them on the way to Shul. I try not to talk to anybody on the way to Shul for them on Shabbos. I have this zone of time where I think about it. It's hard to do that during the week when you have a phone. People call you. It's hard to do that when you're kids and your wife are around. But Shabbos is no fun. I go to, when I go to Shul, I'm, more, I'm, I'm at the point where there's nobody else in the house, and I go alone. So I know that it has a few minutes of alone time and I think, what? It's not that much time. Mm-hmm. You've got it by Hebrews. It sure is. This very much resonates with me. I hope it does everybody else because uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing myself as an every in this room. Okay, as in essence, that's what it is. Yeah. <coughs> The last thing he says is, he says it's, it's chever, that sometimes we're afraid to make changes because of what people will say. And I think this resonates more with Bali Chuva, you know, who um, also you put on the yarmulke and someone's going to say, oh, it's going to be a frummer, right? A woman puts on a shaitel and all of a sudden all her friends are down there, you know, so uh, you see that, that the the Mesoita, the, uh, the woman who was taken to the base of Middash, right? they, they would not let her maid, her, her shvachis come, if she had maids, because she, they, you know, they were trying to get her to be moidish, so she shouldn't have to drink the Mesoita. And she wouldn't have, she wouldn't allow herself to be moid in the presence of her maids. It's bizarre for her. She'd rather drink the Mesoita and take the consequences that embarrass herself in front of them. So they wouldn't let those people come. So sometimes the same thing, you know, we're so sensitive to the peer pressure, people around us, how we have to react to the way people think of us, that it gets in the way of being able to do what we know is right. But we somehow, you know, we... we so the Eurachayim talks about this, how it affected Paro. So Kalvachayim affected us, but... He has a whole list by each maka how Paro reacted, and um, based on that, you know, you get a feeling for, you know, I think it's true by us as well in certain ways.
he says, by Marcus Dam, Paro doesn't, uh, um, he wasn't, he didn't have such a hergus. He didn't call Moshe and he said to Moshe anything, right? Because he, he somehow had water. He bought water from the Yidden. He could afford it. So for him, he was okay, right? By Marcus Videa, so here, he, he couldn't, uh, his ego could not control him because he had frogs in his stomach. And he was afraid he was going to choke to death. So at that point, when it reached that level, all of a sudden, he, he calls Moshe, he says, get rid of it. Get rid of these frogs, they're killing me. Right? You know? So there Moshe said, okay, as you wish, when do we get me to get rid of him? But he couldn't say get rid of him right away. That would have been giving it to Moshe. So tomorrow, get rid of him, right? You know, so he still had to hold on to a stickle ego, but he had to beg Moshe. Akinim again, as painful as it was, he knew it wasn't going to kill him. So, you know, he, he didn't stay as a, he wasn't going to give in to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Marcus Orev already, you know, this is already stickle sakonadik, you know, you, you know, you, there's lions, tigers, and bears running around. You don't want to be caught outside. So he realized that his life was in danger if, if, uh, so, Marcus Dever, you know, was only cattle. Right? Marcus Shechin, it, it wasn't a sakonatim, even though it wasn't very bakovitic to be covered with Shechin. The other Nakuda was that um, the, the Khartoumim had the Shechin, and they they were so, it was a bazillion for the Khartoumim to be seen in front of Paro, because they looked like horrendous, right? And so, um, but he didn't ask Moshe to daven because it didn't hurt him as much. By by um, Borod, he was so scared of the noise, right, that um, he he was afraid that eventually it was going to kill him, right. And so he said, "Hashem atzadik atiul Hashem," right. So as he goes on, he didn't ask Moshe to daven, and finally by Marcus Bechayos he came running to Moshe. But each one, to a certain extent, has a lot to do with. My ego won't let you come to me, but if I'm pushed against the wall and I see my life is in danger, right? You know, this is. So he tells us several mice about people who, you know, they they supposedly were not maminim in Hashem, right? And so there was one person, a yid called him, and he said he has a brother or a brother-in-law who's pushed off the derech, and now he's been diagnosed with the enemachla, where he has a growth in his in his lung, and uh, so maybe he can get him to do tshuva. So they come to the hospital, the guy says, I don't want to do tshuva because I'm sick, right? So he, he wasn't willing to talk. And at that point, the doctors have still given him a chance that maybe he won't need surgery. Finally, the day comes, the doctor tells me, you need surgery. So he says, get me the rabbi. <laughs> and the rough comes, and he says, I'm taking you to another year, taking you to a real tzaddik. Takes him to the tzaddik. The tzaddik never saw this guy in his life. He says, you're very sick. You have a growth, right? If you macabre, right, to do what I tell you, right, I promise you, you won't have surgery. And so the guy was Makabel, whatever, to keep Shabbos, to keep Taras and Mishpacha. And so first the guy said, I have to ask my wife, because this can affect her also. So she goes to his wife, he's the wife, what should I do? He says, you know, Shaita was the best, of course you have to do it. What's your Shaila? So he goes back, he says, I'm in. He goes to the doctor, they take another picture, and there's nothing there. Shaita becomes from, right? But some people, you know, till they're backed against the wall, they're not ready to... 
to give in to you know. But I'll call upon him. This is another Nakuda that uh, sometimes you have to. Personally, I tell this to all the time. My teenagers, peer pressure is more powerful than anything in the world, right? So you got to choose your friends very carefully. But you know, we're all affected by who our friends are and what they do and what they say. And how they look at us. You need to fit in. You need to be, you know, do I am? Do I want to be cool? Do I want to be from? Do I want to be yeshivish? Do I want to be modern? What are my friends going to think of me if I, you know? And so, that's more powerful than anything else, you know. It's, uh, yeah. And girls are using a period of time where people, girls are struggling with seminary choice. I would not have got the 